was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP Radio. Well, hello, my fellow GDP Yoga Warriors. It is Wednesday night. It is 9 p.m. right here on the eastern side of the U.S. of A., where I currently reside in the GDP Radio Megaplex, uh, right here outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, probably if you shoot a straight line, Above me from where I am all the way up to the great white north, you will find my lovely co-host, the one, the only, the ice woman cometh, because I hear it has <laughs> dropped about a billion degrees out there. So uh, please chisel yourself out and say hello to the masses. My co-host, Crystal Stewart, how are you? <laughs> I'm really cold, but I'm good, thanks. <laughs> How does that oh, yeah, even yeah. happen? How, like it is June, and you're telling me it's almost it's below freezing. Yeah, it's like ten degrees here right now. So I don't know what that is in like American or you know whatever, but it's cold. It has been yeah. cold, so we went from thirty odd degrees to ten degrees, and frost oh. warnings. Yep. Jeez. I think, we, I think right. last week on, on our on our radio show and the week before when we had Adam Meter, I think we may have just upset Mother Nature to the point where she just ushered in a second ice age and it's on its way. I didn't think stuff like this would happen unless we have McAdoo on. But really, <laughs> what do I know? Oh, you don't want to see what happens when McAdoo comes on, which we'll have to uh, we'll have to get that on on track sooner rather than later because that would be a fun episode. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, uh, we're, we're trying to move on here. We we and I were both talking beforehand. You know, you with the cold, and uh, it's been one of those days. And I know that I've been dragging ass all day today. Something about today is just yep. man, I can't get my my shit together. Get myself moving and. Then you get in a point where you get flustered, and then the domino effect happens, or you're screwing something up, or things aren't going right, and you kind of create your own chaos out of the chaos. So uh, yeah. bear with us, because I know both of us are just we're just plowing through this one at a time. But one of the things that I love about GDP Radio is I can enter the show in one of these moods where I'm just like, Bleh. and I guarantee you by the end of the show we'll we'll be flying high, feeling a lot better, and feeling empowered, inspired. And uh, I know that we have a uh, an awesome DDP Yoga Warrior of the Week to um, spotlight this week. And uh, she was yes. on a couple of weeks ago checking in with us. 
and I know that you are in charge of the Warrior of the Week, and I know that you have gone out into the DDP Yoga landscape and pulled in one of the ultimate DDP Yoga Warriors, which you're going to feature this week. And uh, give us a quick little rundown about our Warrior of the Week and, and why you decided to choose her besides her grease in your pockets over there. <laughs> yes, she paid. I can be paid, just so everybody knows, in heat. Crystal is heat on the sunshine. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, so tonight's Warriors Week is very well deserved. I've Vicky has been around for a very long time. For as long as I've been around, I think Vicky's been around. Although she might be able to, you know, narrow down the dates a little bit better than that. Um, she's an amazing person. She really is, and her persistence is bar none. I mean, she has with everything through thick and thin I, I she's one of those people you know Mike that you're just really grateful to call a friend yeah that's Vicky she's just a really cool person yeah yeah and coming from you I know that's genuine because you are a fantastic judge of character and uh, I oh, know that you. Uh, getting your blessing for the warrior of the week is a big deal because you see everybody you know, from afar sometimes, but you're always overseeing everything in the DDP yoga community. So I know that uh, when somebody catches your eye, especially for one of these uh, segments, they must be crushing it. And I think we may have her. I'm going to bring her on here uh, real quick. Um, sure. with me. Yep. Uh, 512 area code, I believe. Uh, is this I think so. Vicky? Yep. Yes. Vicky. Right here. Hi, hey. Vicky. Can you hear me? All right. Hey, hey, with how are you? Production like that. Oh my gosh. I mean, you think I hung the moon? <laughs> you did, honey. <laughs> Can you move it to the left a little bit? It's in my eye when I'm trying to read in the, in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and you can also debunk the famous rumor: Is it made of cheese? Right. What? <laughs> What? I, I was joking. Uh, <laughs> I was just kidding. Um, so, uh, welcome and congratulations, uh, Warrior of the Week. Um, I know you've been crushing it for a long time. Um, first of all, let's just take it back to the beginning, before the whole moon hanging. Um, how did you guys get interrupt, uh, introduction introduced, shall I say, to right. yoga? And uh, what was that uh, moment for you that kind of... How'd you go all in and take this on? Yeah, well, um, I had, uh, you know, uh, I've been through a lot of grief and a lot of loss in my lifetime, and um, I uh, gained a lot of weight because of grief eating. But there was a moment when um, they were going to have a, a parade in my hometown, and they wanted people to carry the banner. And I thought, well, I'll call this training and I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to walk, and I'm going to do all these things so that I can help carry the banner in my hometown during the Strawberry Festival. And um, so I went, and I did that, and it was great, and I lost a few pounds. You know, I was eating better, uh, but I just I just didn't have any motivation uh, to go back to do any walking or anything like that. And I was sitting in my office one day, and I was like, man, I just, I need some motivation. And, and I just looked at the ceiling because that's where my creator lives. And I looked up at him and I said, Lord, I just need some motivation. And I went back to Facebook. And the next thing that I clicked on, it was a thing called Godvine. 
and it said disabled vets transformation. And I thought, well, heck, you know, uh, my dad, my it was Arthur, and uh, the end of May, um, and my dad was a disabled veteran, and I clicked on it, and I watched Arthur's video, and then I heard that unmistakable voice of DDP, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page, and I grew up in the Mid-South, close to Memphis, and wrestling is a, a, a requirement in that area, but I never did really care for wrestling, but I heard it all my life. I, I know all the wrestlers' names. I know all their voices because it was always on the TV. And so I said, was that Diamond Dallas Page talking? I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know. So that was my introduction with Arthur, and every time I watched the video, I cried, and every time I watched it, I cried, and I watched it obsessively uh, over the next couple of days, and then I showed it to my daughter and she was listening to it, and she said, is that DDP? I said, yeah, it is. <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, watch this video, watch this video. And uh, so she watched it. She said, wow, that's awesome. And about that time, I had checked out the team because I kept looking for the gig. You know, where's the gig? Where's the hook? What's gonna, what right. shake are they going to be selling? Or, you know, how many membership fees are you going to be suckering me in for? You know, that kind of – I'm kind of a, you know, a skeptic about things. And – um so there was none, and I, I but I, I could relate to to Dallas just listening to him talk uh, uh, on, you know, just just the way he presented himself. I thought I feel like I got something in common with him, and I said I would bet money that you know he's got he's from a family of dysfunction because I recognize that, and I think we all recognize that in each other, and I think a good portion of us that are in this program are that. And um, I listened to his living life at 90%, and the first words out of his mouth talked about, you know, his father struggling with alcoholism and, you know, my father struggled with alcoholism. And so I thought, wow, he's one of my peeps, you know. So I listened to his living life at 90%, all the things he had overcome, and I was telling my daughter about that. And she said, so have you ordered the DVDs yet? And I'm like, well, no, it's the first of the month. i got to pay bills and this and that, and she went in the room, she came back, she slapped, popped the 100 on the table, and she said, order the damn DVDs. <laughs> okay. Then. So uh, I said, I guess that's a belated Mother's Day gift, you know. <laughs> and um, so that was at the end of May, and I ordered the, the tapes. But on the Team DDP, I was watching the, the Breathe Routine and the Diamond Dozen and the Energy, and I just I watched those, and I familiarized myself, and I went ahead and got started with them until – my DVDs came in the mail, and uh, and so then I started. I kind of did it by the book. I looked at the uh, beginner's guide and you know the 13 weeks and took the measurements and took the pictures and and did all of those things and did the 13 weeks. But even just the first week of just doing it, you know, from what was on the uh, Team DDP yoga page on the videos there, I could already I was already feeling better, and so then even. And I even advanced a little bit quicker into the energy routine. I thought, well, I've done the Diamond Dozen enough. I feel comfortable with that now. And then I previewed and watched the energy and then did that one. And so that kind of is where I was at the beginning. And um, that was uh, June 1st of 2012. Wow. And, uh, wow. So that that was when I began, but you know, it, it you you can't stay on a constant run. I can't stay on a constant run, you know. As as they say, life happens. And uh, <clears throat> but I was really uh, so impressed with uh, with Dallas with with what all he's helped Jake do, Jake Snake, because Jake is a recovery person. I'm a recovery person. I've been 
you know, clean and sober for 14 years from drugs and alcohol and about 10 years from tobacco. Good and, job. Uh, Way to this go. Is, yeah, this is recovery here because you know, without drugs, alcohol, and tobacco, what's left? Food. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had, yeah, I had used the food as a medication for for grief and for you know still struggling with uh, with being raised in a dysfunctional environment. You know, uh, it it gives you a certain mindset. Uh, some people call it codependency. Um, I yeah. heard another one called. Uh, self-love deficient disorder and i'm like okay that's a mouthful but uh, that pretty much covers it self-love deficient disorder (laughs) and i found that uh, yeah that's interesting yeah so with that comes you know the 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 worm in your head that says you're not good enough you'll never measure up you're a loser blah 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 and so then, you know, the only there is no cure for this disorder, by the way, but there is medication for it, and that medication is self care. And so, the DDP yoga is my self care. Uh, getting eight hours of sleep a day is my self care. Drinking enough water is my self care. Uh, not getting involved in rescuing and saving other sick people who need to do things on their own is part of the disorder. It's that you know allowing people to deal with their own stuff is really hard, you know, because uh, i got my stuff i got to deal with. i got to deal with my self-care. My right. self-care is getting on the mat. It, that's what it is, is getting on the mat and patting myself on the back and, and seeing my own progress whenever that first two weeks of being on the mat and doing this program, my poor knees, oh, my gosh, my poor knees were just skint up from that old cheap walk up. A cheap mat. I'm not going to say where I got it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that cheap mat. I hear you. Admit, those knees were skinned up, and so I had to get a towel, you know. And I thought, you know, if Arthur can do this and fall down, I can deal with skint knees. I was I was a young I was a a, a mother one time. You know, well, I still am a mother, but you know, when you got a newborn and they're hungry, you you kind of deal with the same thing in a different area. But uh, I just sure kept pushing through. Just kept you always through. you always find a way, you know, uh, when, yeah. when those when those obstacles come up, it's the easiest thing in the world to say, well, my knees are all ripped up, I'm not going to do this. But, you know, part of the, the, the credo of this of this uh, program is, you know, always someplace to go, always, you know, find a way oh, to do yeah. it. And that's what Arthur did. Arthur couldn't stand on the mat, but he grabbed the chair, he grabbed this. Yep. And it, it this program allows itself very well to be customized to your lifestyle and or wherever you're at, it kind of meets you there. So you were able to grab a towel and, and put them under your knees, and you were going to find a way to work around uh, yeah. the limitation of that crappy mat and stuff like that. And yeah. that's and the then, attitude yeah. that, that winning happens. Yeah. And the other thing that I did, I was uh, at that other unnamed uh, business, and uh, they had these uh, locking blocks, you know, they have used them sometimes in kindergarten rooms, you know, and they have them for gym oh, rooms. Oh, right. Yeah, so I got the locking blocks where I had more cushion because I got concrete floors. And uh, so I, ha- I put my mat on top of those locking cushions. And, uh, you know, that, that served me well, you know, uh, in getting on getting on the mat and having the cushion and having that extra. Then the knees weren't sore anymore. They, they you know, became used to being uh, doing the, the, cat count, or the cat arch and the cat lift, you know. And... Um, 
So I did that for quite some time, and I, I did really good. Uh, I journaled all the food that I ate. I followed the the program guides, you know, for quite some time, and and I did pretty good. Uh, I, well, heck, I did real good, you know, that first thirteen weeks, and then um, that was in 2012, and then in uh, 2013, because I had been doing the DDP yoga, I had a lot more stamina. I was a business owner. I had my own salon, and I was busy all the time. But then the way that things go is that um, whenever uh, I live in a retirement community, so the majority of my clients were elderly, and they began to pass away or have to go to nursing homes or or be homebound. And so I lost basically half my income in about 120 days. That many things happened all at one time. And I'm like, okay, now what, you know? And then I got sick. I got the shingles. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy or either one of my ex-husbands, you know. Um, but uh, I uh, I was laying in the bed thinking, thinking, Lord, you know, I haven't had a paid day off in 18 years. And it sure would be nice to have a paid day off. And um, so during that time of being sick, I laid off the DDP a little bit while I was sick. But I got back up, you know, uh, after I became better. That I got sick in January. And um, of 2000 and um, right at 2013, and then I just didn't know what I was going to do income-wise, and so I again I I talked to the one who who made me, and and I said, what am I supposed to do? And I just kept waiting for him to give me a sign, and and one day I just I heard a whisper, or I felt a whisper. I don't know how you want to describe it. But that word said educator, and so um, I went back to school at the age of 56. And um, did, you know, five months of going to beauty school every day to get my instructor's license as a cosmetology instructor. And I was running my shop. So I was doing six and seven days a week, 10 and 12 hour days. And I could not have done that without DDP. I could not have done it without DDP. Because I'd get up in the morning and I'd, you know, I would do uh, an energy or I would do a, you know, my favorite combo is, and probably, you know, at the beginning and for a long time, was to do it kind of backwards. I did the red hot core first, yeah. then I would do yeah. the fat burner, and then I would do the energy. And that was my hour, oh, wow. my hour routine. And I just did it backwards because I knew if I saved that red hot core to the end, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I started off on that real quick. Let me touch on this real quick. You went back to school at 56 years old, completely. You've never been an educator before. That's such an inspiring thing, like, like to completely like pull up your life and just start new with something that you're not familiar with, like that. Obviously, you've been, uh, you know, uh, doing the hair and stuff, so you were familiar with the subject matter. But teaching is a whole different animal. Like that's well, let's pretty say I was awesome a lot more familiar. Enough. Yeah, I was a lot more familiar than you. Uh, can imagine I was a beauty school dropout you know I went to beauty school uh, grew, my aunt had a salon I grew up in there I went to beauty school in high school and then I went to another state and I went to a beauty school there and then I moved to another state and I went to beauty school there because every state has laws rules and regulations and they take away part of your hours and so I had a whole lot of hours and no license so I had a whole lot of hours as a beauty school dropout, and I was still slinging hash and, and slinging beer and being a waitress and making golf balls at a factory and doing everything else you can imagine. But to go from a beauty school dropout and not having a license and then finally going back to beauty school at the age of 40 and getting my license at 40 with two kids, three part-time jobs, and an unemployed husband, um, 
I said, never again. I stood outside that beauty school, and I said, God is my witness. I'll never set foot in another beauty school again. Well, he's got a funny way of turning that around on you, you know. Sorry, I think that's one of the things I admire most about you, Vicki, is when life gets in the way, you always find this amazing way to kind of sidestep and find a way to do whatever you're doing and get it done. And I mean, it, it, it's just one of those qualities I admire about you very much. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I have to say that, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm going to say it's part of me and and that part still, it goes back to a faith in something that's bigger than me. Always. Right. right. And, um, because, on my own, I can't do nothing, <laughs> you know, without right. my, you know, support with my 12-step group and, and all that, I can do nothing. And um, so, yeah, it's, uh, so, yeah, I thought, you know, God's pretty funny like that. He, you know, say, like, oh, I never set foot in a beauty school again, huh? Watch this. <laughs> and so then I wind up going back into 56, and I taught, uh, and I was very good. I was very good as an educator uh, in that business. Um, but, you know, sometimes the – the let's just say the system you're raised in kind of winds up being the system you work in without you really planning it. It just kind of happens that way. And so I had begun to become unhappy at, at the location of where I was. And um, it was kind of a lot of the same lack of communication, a lot of the same, you know, uh, strange operating systems, you know, and I just wasn't happy there. I love teaching the students. I love them. They love me. It was great, you know, but you know, people don't usually, quit their jobs they just kind of quit their superiors in a way you know but mm-hmm. uh yeah that's quitting that uh I resigned you know it it got to a breaking point and you know let's just say that you know you've seen that show snapped before right well you know sometimes <laughs> yeah. I do yes <laughs> and uh, my, my, so my wife has snapped. way too many episodes on the DVR that I'm comfortable with <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> And and that was a really big There was a couple of griefs in there The first grief was when I sold my salon I realized that all of my clients Had been part of my support system And my cheering section For a long time And so when I didn't have the salon anymore I kind of lost my uh, support team With them And that created a certain amount of grief and a certain amount of, I uh, I stopped, you know, I stopped working out, I started eating stuff, and, you know, cornbread is my go-to, and wintertime would come, and I'd be eating cornbread and butter, you know. No oh, boy. gained a lot of the weight back and wasn't getting on the mat, and, you know, and kind of fell into that for a while. And then um, I got back up a little bit and, uh, you know, was doing, doing better. But then whenever I resigned from a uh, teaching from being an educator, um, I really went into a spiral. I was off uh, work for four months and I'm a workaholic, man. You know, I just, you know, everybody's got something that they are compulsive about and work is one that one of my other isms. And, um, so I, uh, was left unattended with a refrigerator for four months and no job. And so I gained back everything that I had lost with DDP and, uh, just ate. I even took a picture one night of all of the snicker wrappers on my table and said, here's the evidence, you know, because I was medicating with, with food uh, because I was down and I felt worthless because I didn't have a job and, you know, uh, 
that was the only thing that I was trying to do to feel better, and it wasn't working. And I just wasn't getting on the mat. And what about now, yeah. Vicki? Sorry, say again? And what about now? Are you working out what again about now? Well, I had a transition, you know, after a, it, it was about getting back to work. And uh, at the same time I was going back to work, I turned 60. Um, I was in a hotel room on my birthday when I turned 60 by myself. But it was great because I had made up my mind and I had taken a chip, what they call a desire chip. And my desire was to get back into the DDP and to get the weight back off, and the the goal was to have a one in front of my weight. And so that began around, uh, that started around January 10th is when I took the chip, January 23rd. I was in the hotel room. I was about to do training for this new job, uh, working in, a, in another salon, a corporate salon. I had never done corporate salon work, but, you know, I was going to be doing training. And so, um, you know, that's where it kind of began. It was turning 60 is, is a big milestone. And, uh, you know, getting back on track is, is something that was, I really deeply wanted. I was getting back to work, and I knew from just the week of training I almost died. I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't worked in four months. I've gained, you know, all this weight back, and, you know, I gained like 40 pounds, and uh, and I was just miserable and, and you know, unhealthy and, and in pain, you know, and uh, – so I started eating uh, really well, and I started getting back on the mat, and um, I just started kicking it. You know, I just started doing it. Just Let's just start off with the same way you did the first 13 weeks. And that was, you know, January of uh, 2017, and then January of 2018 is when I hit 199.8. Went from yeah, 245. Uh, from January of 17 at 245, having gained all my weight back, not all of it, but the majority of it uh, back, uh, and then to January of 2018 uh, being at 199.9 or 199.8 for my 61st birthday. And um, I'm so proud of you. So I just, you know, got with it, <laughs> you know. That's um, that's incredible. I. Real quick, I, I gotta get ask you this. So, well, I mean, people, I know people fall off on the dare their DDP yoga journeys. I've done it more than most. Um, yep. I'm still trying to fight back from 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 uh, you know falling off, which I you know I'm gonna blame on you Southern people because as soon as I moved here down here from Boston to the <laughs> South, man, they they aren't they aren't messing around about that food down here. Oh man, <laughs> but uh, it's fine. It's good. That being said, <laughs> that, that being said. Um, I feel like so many people uh, share that trajectory in their DDP yoga journey where they have that big falling off point or that moment because, you know, especially someone like you or I who, I mean, I've dealt with my food addiction your whole my whole life. You obviously have had an addictive personality in the past with your substance abuse and also oh, yeah. with food and stuff. So when you've, when you've got that mentality, it's almost like your mind goes into a place of auto-correcting itself, like it wants to. So you find yourself yeah. going back to the food that comforts you in those situations. And I uh-huh. feel like people think that they're a rarity when they fall into those ruts when in all reality so many people are like you in the community and I like that we're being open about our struggles and falling off now because I feel like so many people over the years the first instinct was to disappear because they were ashamed that they weren't on board or they were feeling bad because they'd been so open about their successes it's hard to come forward and say listen like things have been going rough so the more we kind of talk about you know 
I've been here since 2011. You've been here since 2012. You're still here. You had your moment where you're, you fell off and you know, you may have one in the future again. Nobody knows, but as long as we're still here, there's, there's only one step to turn it all around. And, and you took that step and, right. and you're feeling the success from that step. And I think that's such an empowering moment in the community to let people know that that happens. Right. Well, as with any addiction, the the thing that you have to be aware about, and that's what it is, it's all addiction. And, and addiction, the, my hypothesis is that addiction is based in guilt and shame. I can make myself feel guilt yep. and shame of drinking water. Oh, you're such a loser. You only drank four glasses of water today. What's wrong with you? You can't do anything right. You know, it's that worm in your head that you have to tell it to shut up. And you say, you know what, I drink four glasses of water today. There's always tomorrow. I'm going to drink a little bit more right now. And you know what? That's more than I drank a year ago whenever I was drinking, you know, a, a liter of diet soda. Right. And so right. You, have to, uh, you have to self-affirm, uh, and you have to listen for that worm in your head, and you have to squash it uh, continually because those of us who have that addictive personality, it's still the bottom line is guilt and shame. And the other thing with addiction of any kind, I don't care what it is that you're addicted to, you can be pretty much guaranteed a relapse or a yep. slip, they say. You know, how long is your slip going to last? And as long as you're writing it down and you're aware of it, you know, I mean, there are days that I'll go, you know, like right now, today. I have not done a workout in a week. Work, work has been really tough. I've got some you know, emotional baggage, as they say, this kind of worrying on my mind that I try not to let it take over. But, I mean, the compulsivity that's uh, related to all of these issues, whether it's substance abuse or self-abuse or self-sabotage, self-sabotage and self-care, you know, that's that's the story of recovery, no matter what it is that you're recovering from, whether it's food addiction or alcohol or or, or bad relationships or, or drugs or, or gambling or, or the computer, whatever, whatever it is that you're using compulsively to not feel your emotions, period. To not face your emotions, to not face anger that wow. you've had, to not face hurt that you've had, or to, you know, in, instead of minimizing the damage that somebody else has done to you and you taking blame for something that somebody else has done to you, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it, that's part and parcel of, of all of it. You know, wow, it's, it's, it's such there's such parallels between you know the food addiction and the, and the alcohol and the drugs and stuff. But I feel like there isn't really a kind of, I mean there is with the diet and exercise and stuff. But they have so many treatment plans for for AA and and the you know narcotic recovery and stuff like that. But there seems uh-huh. to be this uh, you know there seems to be lack of really understanding of with food addiction with a lot of people. And I think that kind of stems from the part that like you got to eat something. Like, if we don't eat, we're, we're going to die. So I feel yeah, like well, that kind of creates, like, a, a, a narrative in, within our heads that we uh-huh. it's hard to rationalize uh, with ourselves. Right, with ourselves. But uh, here here's the thing. And, and, you know, in my 12-step group, we take a chip to signify or to, you know, symbolize our uh, steps and how far we've come. Hey, I did 30 days of, of doing doing good, you know. The thing, the difference is this: is that I can get rid of the drugs, alcohol, the tobacco, because I don't have to have it to live. But nobody's going to arrest me for being in over-consuming food, or nobody's going to send me to jail for having being in possession of food. And and you know nobody's going to uh, look down on me 
for using food unless, you know, I'm totally out of control. Now there's always going to be at least one person in the crowd that's food police. They're going to go, oh, how can you eat that, you know, or why are you eating so much? You know, there's always going to be that one person who's a controller, and they're going to try to shame you or blame you or make you feel bad for whatever it is you're doing. But, you know, the, the food is the easiest to acquire and is promoted much more heavily or almost as heavily. I mean, between the, the drug, I mean, I don't watch television. I haven't since 2008 or 2010, sorry, 2010. Uh, because, I mean, everything that they promote is food. Just walking in the grocery store, the magazines are going to have a picture of how to lose 20 pounds in three days, and then next to it is going to be the big chocolate cake, you know. So <laughs> yep, it's whatever yep. is in LA. And so it's all and, marketing. And every like every so family to, function, too. They're not going to have a pile of cocaine on the kitchen table, but they're going to have every baked good. You, and then the grandmother right. who comes in and say, try, come on, have a brownie. You're, you're too skinny. I'm like, I'm not skinny at all. Just eat the brownie. You know, uh-huh. you have that kind of situation, too, where everything is kind of based around good food. And, and because I suffer from, from a certain, you know, food addiction, you know, you feel like you don't want to be the party pooper and, and not go or say don't have this or don't have that. So you have to live your life around uh, you know, other people's issues, and that probably wouldn't be an issue with heroin or cocaine on the table, but, you know, that brownies, cakes, cookies, you know, all of the above at every function, every well, month or so when you gather. You're, tra- you're, you're, you're correct in that, that, you know, because one is more frowned upon in the society, but the thing of it is is that it's still the same behavior. I mean, let's just, mm-hmm. as, an, as an example, Elvis Presley, okay? Elvis Presley was doing drugs. Well, the first thing he did was he got his, you know, Memphis Mafia, his guys, and got them to do the drugs with him so he didn't feel bad. And that's why an alcoholic right. will say, hey, we buy you drinks because then I won't feel bad because I'm not drinking alone. And it's the same thing with right. the food. Other people may have their own guilt issues about all the food that's there and their overconsumption and the way that they're going to feel better is to make sure that everyone else is having some too, then they won't feel bad. So my, what I true. do I've done myself, that before. Yeah, so what I did for myself yeah. is Thanksgiving is a trigger because, man, I love me some cornbread dressing, you know. <laughs> and and I, I'm a pie baker. I used to work in a pie company, and I'm I'm a good southern cook, let me tell you. I'm my own worst enemy there. So, But I made up my mind that I was, as, as Stacy always says, is to be mindful. Be mindful right. of what you're doing. And so I knew that I was going to be going to five different Thanksgiving functions through that week. Oh, my. And I'm like, okay, I know this is trigger time for me because I remember a year ago in 2017 Thanksgiving and the gorging and, the, you know, all that I did and, you know, just the feeling sick afterwards and, and just, you know, feeling so hopeless and helpless with it. I made my decisions beforehand. Okay, I love pie and I love dressing. So on this function, their dressing ain't that good, okay? It's Yankee dressing, so I'm going to have the pie here at this function. <laughs> and so then at the next function, I said, oh, man, that dress is good. I'm, forget the pie. That's a store-bought pie. I ain't having that pie. I'm having me some homemade dressing. That's some good dressing. So I, I took those two things, my two favorites, and I decided which one I was going to have at which thing, you know. And so that was and, – and, and I actually lost two pounds during Thanksgiving this year. Incredible. Wow. That's, That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> So that was, and it just that was, goes to. I'm sorry, Vicky. It just goes yeah, to prove that whole theory. So I can be caught saying it any time, and anyone who's in the community knows. 
um, that I save it. But are you going to make something a priority or are you going to make something an option? And when that comes down to yourself, it's amazing sometimes when you ask yourself that question, just how you answer it. Uh So I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you for saying, okay, I can't keep doing this, but if I do this, so you uh-huh. found you found a way around it, right? Right. Well, there there's one thing I know for sure that change comes with. The, there's something called a change cycle. Okay, there's three steps in that change cycle. Uh, change, and you know it's like something happens. Okay, some and so the the thing you're going to say is what for me is what I say whenever I know change is going to come is I cannot do this anymore. Right. I cannot do this anymore, and sometimes that's a relationship. Sometimes it's a a, a food habit, a cigarette habit, an alcohol habit, a drug habit, a, a, a you know, whatever your thing Anything. is that is your habit. Um, so I can't do this anymore. And then I love what DDP says. It, you know, I believe he said this. He says, "I have made a decision to," and then fill in the blank. Yep. Yep. I cannot do Thanksgiving the same way and eat all the stuff. I can't do that anymore. I have made a decision to make a choice between my two favorite things. And so then then you implement that. You, it, none of it means anything until you implement it. So I followed through. You have to do the implementation of whatever you say you're not going to do anymore, whatever decision you have, have a stake in the ground with it, and then you implement that. And every hour, every minute, every every day that you get through that whole day without doing that thing that you said that I've made a decision that I'm not going to do this anymore, you then you need to congratulate yourself and you you need to call somebody and say, guess what? I went the whole day without eating ice cream. I can't believe it, you know, or or whatever the thing is, you know, whether it's whatever whatever the thing is, the it the it thing that that you're using to self-medicate with or the habit that you have, whatever it is that's your drug of choice. I don't mean to interrupt you, but how important is having a cheerleader in your life? Do you have a string of cheerleaders? Well, um, I have accountability partners uh, that I talk with. You know, um, I go to 12-step meetings. And, um, you know, I used to go to three a week, uh, Whenever I, uh, after my mom passed in 2010, I didn't go to any meetings for seven months. And then whenever I went back, I was just so grief stricken because of previous losses that I didn't grieve properly. And then when my mom died, it was like all right. four grief once were there. And so oh, I was just sorry. really in a bad place. And, um, you know, it, didn't just, it was just dread every day. And uh, so I, I did more meetings. And so I've got, uh, yeah, I've got a list of phone numbers of people that I can call. Facebook is my friend, and, you know, i got my people on there. That's why I've, I post my workouts, you know, on my Facebook page whenever I do them because mm-hmm. it'll be popped yeah. up with the people who are cheering me on. I'll have hearts and likes yeah. and you go girls and, and, you know, all of that. And so, yeah, i got my Facebook team that, you know, uh, are my cheerleaders there. And, um and they tell me that I inspired them, you know, and so that's awesome because that's my goal, you know, is to inspire others to, to help themselves, to love themselves, to look in the mirror and 
you know, that's the, one of the hardest things I ever did was look in that mirror and say, Vicki, I love you and you're worth it. And if you look in that mirror and you try to tell yourself that and you break out in tears, that means you've got some work and some loving to do on yourself, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just like what Dallas says all the time, Vicki, don't underestimate the power that you give someone by believing in them. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is amazing. So, I, I, real quick, I want to... Go ahead, Absolutely. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, oh, uh, real quick, I wanted to touch on this too because I think this is such an important step that you brought up. Your successes at Thanksgiving, I think it is so important to be able to go into an event like that when you struggle with a plan. And I love that you kind of, in your head, took the time to decide what was worth it and what wasn't worth it. And you kind of built that plan ahead of time because I know I know for me personally, once I, I you know, sort of set something like that, achieving something like that will be kind of a victory for me. And you made it into something where you put thoughtfulness into it and you weighed your priorities. And uh, that, I think, is a huge, huge thing to do. And some people may think that's ridiculous, like you have to go in and decide and have, like, a strategy for dinner. But for someone like me, that makes all the difference. And, and that's a, that's a big step. Well, and I write it down. Here's the thing about writing it down, okay? Now, you can tap it on your phone or you can tap it into a notebook or whatever, but that's not working the right part of your brain, okay? There's a part right. of your brain, your, brain your, your neurological pathways, okay? So you have to recreate some new pathways. And, and so when you write, when you take a pencil or a pen and you put it in your hand and you write, that's drawing, and drawing is art, and art works the creative part of the brain. And so when you write something down, not tapping a note on your phone to remind you later, not typing it onto a tablet or whatever, um, tapping is, is another manual dexterity thing that you're, that, that's just a function, okay? But when you're writing, you're creating art. You're writing down words, and it, it, you remember things better when you write them down. And when you write them down, you've gotten them from your head onto the paper. They're no longer just an idea. Yep. Now they are a plan. Ideas are in your head all the time. I got the idea I was going to go do this, but I wrote it down in my, my book that I, I write in every night. I just a little page. I write stuff down, and um, I wrote down, okay, for Thanksgiving this year, I'm not going to do like last year. In other words, I've made a decision, okay? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've made a decision. I'm not going to do what I did last year, and I've decided that I'm going to sacrifice pie at one and sacrifice dressing at the other. You know, and so I wrote down what that plan was, and I didn't have to, you know, uh, second guess. It was already written down. It was already on my agenda. It was already in the agenda. And uh, see, that way I don't have time to think about it. It's just it's there. It's on paper. It's evidence that that's the plan. And I think this is a really important thing to brush on for everybody to hear that you can do, you can write down anything you want to um, or anything that you aspire to do. But until you actually start putting the work in and hold yourself accountable. And I mm-hmm. think this is really, it, this is an amazing thing that's coming through in this conversation is that um, you have perfected the art form of writing things down and making things happen. And that's really important for everybody to hear. So Dallas does this thing, and he's, he is always reminding everyone to ink it. 
Yes. You think it, then you ink it, then you do it, right? And, I mean, this is really important. So I'm really really grateful that you brought that up, Vicki. I'm really, really grateful. I used that uh, when I was uh, an educator. I taught, you know, the students for four weeks about business and and different things. And uh, the books that we used, the materials that we used, touched on the same point of writing things down. Mm-hmm. Writing things down, and I would I would pull out my Dallas voice and tell him, "Hey, you know, I do an <laughs> exercise program." And he says, "It don't think it. Write it down. Write it down because you're using yep. the creative part of your brain, and you will remember twice as much if you write it with your hand as art, instead of just tapping or typing, you know, notes on a phone or right. or, a right. or whatever." It's so and true. I think what you write it down. Yeah, actually, Mike, that's a great point. When it's staring back at you in black and white, there's no mm-hmm. denying it. Yeah. It's right well, in front of you, right? Yeah. Well, that's part yeah, of the recovery I'm, process. You know, one of the step four is is making a list. That's writing it down. Making a list of all the people who have harmed you and people you have harmed. What specifically did yeah. they do? How do you, you know... How has that affected you now? What part did you have in it or did you have a part in it? And how are you going to move forward? You know, and so there are things that people carry in their head, hurts that they carry in their head, sometimes 50, 60 years that they've never told a single human being. And then now they get in recovery and they have to write it down and now it's on paper. Okay, there's evidence. It's now no longer in my head. It's on paper. And then I'm going to take that paper. I'm going to go to my sponsor. And I'm going to read that to my sponsor and share it with my sponsor because that's somebody I trust. It's not going to judge me for what I have written down. Right. And I think with that, Vicki, there, there comes, there's a vulnerability in transparency. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Vulnerability yeah. is the hardest, most courageous thing in the world you can do. It, it takes more guts to be vulnerable than anything else you can do. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not comfortable with being vulnerable, but I'm working on it. <laughs> well, it's a learned thing. And, and believe me, I'm not either. I, I'm pretty transparent, you know, now. But, you know, that that's just because I've been working the program, you know, and that I've learned that yeah. I am a lot freer when I don't have to carry all that. I mean, that's a lot of suitcases to have to tote around, you know. Sure it is. And that. That also it ties in really well to the point that I, I think I made it last week and we brought we brought it back around. But um, you know when when I first started the DDP Yoga program, one of the things that really clicked with me on that on that same tape that you were talking about the On Your Life uh, MP3 that he put out, he said uh, first thing you got to do is get your head straight before you want to make any significant changes. And I feel like yeah. it's one of those things that that is so simple to hear. And when you think about every other, you know, workout program, diet program, it's all built around eat this, do this, motivate yourself, perseverance. No one ever goes in to check to see what got you there in the first place. And if you lift up the head and and look under the hood, there's probably a lot going on that's made you into the compulsive eater or the compulsive, you know, drug user. There's stuff in there that needs to be corrected before you make any kind of change. Well, I think that, uh, you know, Dallas talks about 90%. You know, I think that, and this may be an exaggeration, but I would venture to say that 85 to 90% of the people who 
are struggling with all of these things, the, the food addictions and, and the compulsivity and even the anorexia, all of the things that we struggle with, uh, it still goes back to the first 10 years. And they have something called ACEs. It's Adverse Childhood Experiences. Yep. It's a very simple thing. Anybody can go online and take the ACEs test. And it'll say that, you know, if you score a four or more, you're probably going to deal with substance abuse or eating disorders or mental health issues, you know, depression, anxiety, that type of thing, you know. And uh, on that ACEs test, I get a nine. It's ten questions. Okay, so that's where a lot of it comes from. And once you realize that, then you think, okay, now I can see my enemy. I can see how that was a, a cause of a lot of this, but now I'm grown and now I'm not a child and now I can move forward right. and, and I can parent myself and I can, I can nurture myself and I can have surround myself with other people who are nurturing and beneficial and supportive of me, recreating the same scenario that got me there in the first place. Because whenever we don't heal, we reenact it. Mm-hmm. Very true. Oh, that's... That, that, that is, uh, it, it shows you, and, and you pass it on. A lot of times you pass on the things that you hated most about yourself to your to your next generation. Generational yep. bondage, exactly what it is. The body keeps the score on all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, this has been a fascinating conversation. I, I really enjoyed talking, and uh, we're, we're getting a little bit low on time, and i got to go over a quick uh, couple of details real quick, but we're going to get back to it in just one sec, but... I really uh, love talking to you about this. I think that it's such an underutilized part of people's recovery in eating is actually looking at it like a, like a dependency that you would drugs or alcohol because there are so many parallels and also the solutions and, and the, uh, the goals and to fixing somebody's dependency on alcohol and drugs are also very useful to, uh, to people with, with food addiction. And I feel Sometimes we don't treat it the same, but it also can be very much uh, you know, a co-hand-in-hand solution to things. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I agree. Real quick, uh, we got the DDP Ogre Retreat coming up uh, in July, ddpogreretreat.com. Not sure if there's any spots left open, um, but if you want to get on there, ddpogreretreat.com. Sally, tell her I sent you. Maybe she can work out some details because I got it in with Sally. She likes me. Everyone likes you, right? <laughs> no, no. DDPOGRETREAT.com. You guys will have fun. This will be the, the best week of your life. I guarantee you. It's going to be awesome. Also, don't forget the Chris Jericho Cruise, uh, the Y2J Rock and Wrestling Rager on C is coming up as well. That is not until 2019. So you're going to think to yourself, like, oh, I got time to book this, right? No, it's going real quick. Those tickets are selling out fast. And they keep adding more and more awesome rock acts and wrestling acts and DDP yoga workouts and comedy, all the stuff they keep throwing more at you. So unless you get on that quick, you're probably not going to be able to get on that at all. So make sure you act on that super quick. Just don't look at like 2019 and think I got all this time because that's not the case. Um, and uh, if you don't take it from me, I'm going to have you take it from Jericho because he can say it much better than I can because he knows what's up, and this is the 30-second spot we've been playing. i got to grab another one. I'm supposed to call his podcast people to uh, get an updated spot, but uh, I'm going to play the one we can play in because Chris Jericho, why not? 
Hey, this is Chris Jericho inviting you to the first ever Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Picture this. Rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, live podcasting, all on the open ocean from October 27th to the 31st, 2018 from Miami to Nassau. I'm bringing Hall of Fame wrestlers, some of the greatest rock and roll bands on the planet, and putting the first wrestling ring on a cruise ship ever. Don't be a stupid idiot. Make the list. Check us out at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. All right. There we go. That, that was much better than I could say it. Um, and also, uh, I just want to hit this real quick. Don't forget that the all-in workshop is happening September 1st. Uh, you guys may have heard of all that big all-in show in Chicago, Illinois, 10,000-seat yep. venue. It's the biggest non-WWE show weekend in probably 20, 30 years. And um, during that weekend, they're having the all-in uh Fan Fest, which podcasting, uh, wrestling stars, TV stars, movie stars, everyone's going to be there. And, of course, our very own GDP, Diamond Dallas Page, is going to be hosting a workout that weekend as well. September 21st at the Hyatt Regency in Schaumburg, Illinois. Uh, space is very limited, um, so you want to get on that quick, too, as well. And uh, it's in the morning before the convention, uh, so might as well go get a good workout in, get yourself stretched up and ready for a long day of wrestling and podcasting and all this stuff. Uh, that's in Schaumburg, Illinois. That is September the 1st, DDP Yoga All-In Workshop. Um, Going to be a real good time, so I suggest you get out there as well. Um, and uh, I'll just do that. We'll leave that at that for now. But um, anyways... Thank you so much, uh, Vicky, for coming on with us tonight. This has been a, a, a real fun conversation. And, and I, first of all, i got to say your accent reminds me so much like my aunt. And it just, it, it's like, you guys sound like exactly alike. It's kind of funny. And I love that you're from Memphis, too, because I was a huge Memphis wrestling fan all the way up in Boston. I used to get tapes delivered from uh, my buddy who lived down south, old VHS tapes taped off of TV Saturday morning wrestling. So uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on with us tonight. We really appreciate it. We'll love to have you back and check in in, in a few months and see how things are going. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate y'all having me and uh, appreciate you listening to me. And uh, y'all have a good time. Oh, thank Thanks. you so much. Thank you so much. And oh, yeah. oh she, and Crystal, do you have anything uh, you want to say to, to uh, off the air? Um, the Canadian quote master yeah. herself. Can you think you can bring? Can you grab a quote off the wall? Maybe bring it down, roast it by the fire, melt that thing off a little bit, and read it to us. You know, I got one. <laughs> so it is a quote that was on the wall of the dungeon, and it says, "We all need people in our lives who raise our standards, remind us of our essential purpose, and challenge us to become the best version of ourselves." Amen. I love it. Amen. I love it. And uh, I just got to say, when when someone comes over to your house and you're going to say, hold on, I got to grab something out of the dungeon, that might sound a little off yep. to some people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <It's> really, <laughs> I do have a dungeon. <laughs> I just I just picture those uh, from the Monty Python movies, those guys chained up to the walls and <laughs> wedding bells. Are... <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah, Thank no. you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, Crystal, uh, thank you so much. Keep warm. Vicky, thank you so much. Uh, oh, thank we'll you, Vicky. Thank you. Yes, for thank you. Me. We will be back next All week. Right. Uh, uh Until then, we will see you guys next week. Thank you very much for joining us. And remember to never, ever, ever give up. We'll see you guys soon. And uh, have a great week. 
have a banging week. And remember to never, ever, ever. I'm keeping this going because I'm looking for the outro. I lost it. <laughs> Give up. We'll see you guys. Texas today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Paige. Oh, oh, diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio. I can't believe they do this without adult supervision. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.